Hey Solomon, this is J. Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. The number of seniors three years ago that were vaping nicotine was 18%. Today, it's 34%. So there has been a big increase in adolescents who have turned to vaping substances like nicotine and marijuana. Tired? Weary? Frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle. It's hard to keep your head above the water to win this fight. My guest today is Richard Capriolans, who is a retired addiction counselor and author of The Addicted Child, a parent's guide to a Adolescent Substance Abuse. Welcome, Richard, and thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on the program to talk about this important subject of adolescent substance abuse. So I hope it'll be a blessing for people who listen, and uh, we can hopefully guide them to some uh, good information on uh, on how to deal with adolescents that uh, might be using substances, or at least give them some good information and background. Yes, for sure. Thanks. I'm going to start off by just asking you, you wrote a book about this. And uh, what prompted you to write the book and specifically about substance abuse? Well, I've been in the mental health and the substance abuse field for over two decades. Uh, I started out in Illinois working for a regional mental health crisis center. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that a number of people who were coming to the crisis center had uh, not only a mental health issue, but a substance abuse issue. 
So I went back to the University of Illinois and received some more training and became a licensed addictions counselor. I continued to work uh, for the crisis center until I was offered a job as an addictions counselor at Menninger Clinic in Houston, Texas. And that's where I began to work with a lot of adolescents who uh, were coming to Menninger Clinic uh, because they had both a mental health issue and a, and a substance abuse issue. And I met with so many parents uh, to, to talk to them about their child's use of a substance. And some of the most common comments I heard from parents was something that said, I had no idea mm-hmm. this was going on when they learned about the history of their su- yeah. child substance abuse. Or if they did suspect there was something going on, they would say, well, I knew something was going on, but I didn't mm-hmm. know it was this bad. So I wanted to provide a resource to parents and anyone interested in adolescent substance abuse. Um, so so I wrote my book. It's only about 100 pages. I wanted to make it non-technical, not a lot of jargon. I wanted it to be a resource that a parent could look look at and read very quickly and walk away with the understanding that I've got this. I understand it better now. So the book has warning signs. It has assessments that need to be done. um, And it has uh, information on where to turn if you need help, what kind of treatment programs are available. So, So I wanted it to be a good resource. Okay. So I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure it's something that we all could use uh, at any given time because we never know what, you know, what can transpire in our lives. What does it mean when we say someone is addicted or because we use that word a lot? I use it. So I'm thinking I'm wrong how I use it. (laughs) <laughs> we do use that word a lot. Um, and unfortunately, it carries a very negative mm-hmm. stigma attached to it. When, when we think of somebody being addicted, uh, that, that carries a lot of negative connotations that are mm-hmm. unfair to people. We don't diagnose somebody as an addict. We wouldn't diagnose a child or an adult as being addicted to a substance. We refer to it as a substance use Mm -hmm. disorder, which is like any other disorder a person might have. So if you have a child that might be smoking a lot of marijuana, that child might be given a diagnosis of cannabis substance use Mm. disorder. And it can be either mild, moderate, or severe. But a diagnosis is simply uh, sets the foundation for a game plan on what to do. But if you have a child that's using a substance, they're not going to be diagnosed as an addict. Mm -hmm. Um, They will be diagnosed, if it's appropriate, as having a substance use disorder that will either be mild, moderate, or severe. Okay. All right. So we start off using the correct term so we could understand what's happening, right? Yeah. This podcast addresses mostly solo moms, moms raising children alone. And mm-hmm. I have to ask you, how can a mother who is usually closer to the child, even if they're married, you know, detect or tell something is going on that's different out of the ordinary, even for a teenager? Well, I think, um, first of all, let me say that my book has warning signs okay. throughout the book. There are different warning signs for a child that might be using marijuana. There are different warning signs for a child that might be drinking alcohol. There are warning signs in my book for a child that might be developing an eating Mm. disorder, 
and there's warning signs for a child that might be self-harming themselves. Because eating disorders and self-injury can sometimes accompany a child's use of alcohol and drugs. So there's different warning signs throughout the book. But as a general rule, what I recommend parents do is pay attention to the changes you see in your child. Don't assume that the changes you're seeing are just normal adolescent development. They may very well be, but they also may be uh, uh, signs and symptoms that there's something else going on. So pay attention to the changes that you see in your child. Some examples would be a child who was making very good grades. Now the grades start to decline. A child who used to be very outgoing and social now becomes more more isolating. A child who uh, took pride in their appearance no longer cares about their appearance. A child who used to introduce you to their friends and you knew who their friends Mm -hmm. and their family were now becomes very secretive about their friends. So these are warning signs. And the more of these warning signs that you see, the more you need to look into and investigate if there's something else going on. All right. Thank you. And what can... What would be the first step you you take um, if you detect or you you really know for sure? Because sometimes the situation is the kid doesn't even hide what they're doing. How do you get them help without, you know, I don't know, (laughs) aggravating the situation or... You know, jump into conclusion. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I think the first thing you do is have a conversation with your child, you know, now, you know, to to see if if maybe they will talk to you about it and explain what's going on. Now, that's going to go one of two ways, probably. It's either going to go very well (laughs) and your child's going to talk to you about why they're using marijuana or drinking alcohol, or it's not going to go anywhere and they're going to shut down and they're going to become argumentative and resistance and you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, But regardless of how that goes, um, if you have evidence and you believe or even strongly suspect your child is using a substance, you need to get an assessment done. And I have a whole chapter in my book Mm -hmm. on assessments. What assessments should you look for? Uh, Because you need more than just an addictions assessment. That's an important assessment because it will give you the history and background of your child using a substance. But you need many more assessments uh, that are outlined in my book. One of them is a psychological assessment that will help you see if there's an underlying psychological reason why your child might be using a substance. Maybe it's anxiety or depression, but you need to see if that's going on as well. Okay. And what if the child refuses help? Are there, you know, mechanisms in place for them to force them to get help? Well, you know, and most children are going to resist getting the assessment done and they're going to resist any type of treatment. And, and you know, treatment depends on, on, on the particular needs of the child. You may have a child that will do very well with outpatient treatment where they see somebody maybe once or twice a week. Other children may need intensive outpatient uh, treatment. And some children might need residential treatment. Uh, Um, So, um, you know, most children are going to resist any kind of treatment. But as a parent, you need to you need to hold firm and insist that that the child get the treatment that that the professionals are recommending to you. Is your child going to resist? Yes, probably. But um, but in my experience, that initial resistance, once they get involved in treatment, tends to okay, decline. Thanks. What's the most you mentioned marijuana a couple of times. 
what's the most common substance that teenagers are usually abused? And what is the strangest substance you've ever encountered? Well, teenagers are still using alcohol and marijuana as the two primary substances okay. that, that they're using. Um, there is some use of, of other drugs like prescription drugs like Ritalin and Adderall, which are prescribed for attention deficit disorder. Mm -hmm. There's some use of LSD, roughly about 4% of seniors uh, use LSD, maybe 3% of seniors use cocaine. But, but the, the large majority uh, of teenagers who are using a substance are using alcohol and marijuana. Now, what we've noticed in the last three years has been a tremendous increase in vaping, mm. which is where a teenager will take a substance, they'll use an electronic device that turns the substance like nicotine and marijuana into a vapor, and they will inhale it. What we've noticed in the last three years is that there has been a tremendous increase in the number of adolescents who are vaping nicotine and marijuana and fruit flavors. Uh, for example, three years ago, the number of the percentage of seniors who were vaping marijuana was 9%. Today, it's 22%. The number of seniors three years ago that were vaping nicotine was 18%. Today, it's 34%. So there has been a big increase in adolescents who have turned to vaping substances like nicotine and marijuana. Interesting. I, I looked at your book. I haven't read it thoroughly. And it really does seem like it's a, a real resource, like a reference guide. Tell me about, you know, how the book's structured to help us, to help the audience. Well, it's first first of all there there's there's a chapter that just helps you understand as a parent what drugs are out there and to learn a little bit about them. So if you don't know about marijuana or you don't know about uh prescription drugs or inhalants, you 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 can learn very quickly the basics of what those substances are about. Mm -hmm. There's a chapter on how these drugs work in a child's brain because it's important that parents understand that these drugs do change your child's brain. Brain. Mm. So it's a very non-complicated, non-technical explanation of how drugs work in a child's brain. Um, there is a, a section on assessments so that if you need to get assessments, this gives you a resource on what assessments you should be asking for. There is a section on what we call process disorders. These are things like self-injury, eating disorders, gaming, and things like that, so that parents know what the warning signs are for a child that might be developing an eating disorder or a child that might be uh, self-harming themselves. So what are the warning signs that a parent should know about? Because there are teenagers that will use a substance, but they're also uh, struggling with an eating disorder that you may not know yeah. about, or they may be cutting or harming themselves that you may know about, not know about. And then there are chapters on resources so that you know what your treatment options are. Everything from outpatient to inpatient is explained. And then there's a chapter that helps you understand and know a little bit more about what should you
you be looking for in a treatment center? What are the questions you should ask a treatment center so that you are making the best decisions? So all of this is packed into a book that runs a little over 100 pages because I wanted it to be a simple resource for parents. I didn't want to load it down with a lot of jargon and a lot of technical language. I wanted it to be a very quick and easy resource. Thank you. And thank you for that. And this this will be helpful to a lot of people who, because I'm listening to you and I'm thinking the first thing we think about when we talk about, you know, addiction or substance abuse, we think about pills and smoking, but we seldom look at eating or, you know, gaming or electronics or stuff like that. So I'm glad that you mentioned it so we could focus on that if, if it becomes an issue for us, right? It is an important issue because I've, I've, I've seen a number of teenagers who have come into the hospital because they have both a substance use disorder, but they also have an eating disorder or a self-injury. And the, the problem with that is when you, when you take away, uh, say, the marijuana or, or the alcohol, then their other coping skill, which is, you know, self-injury maybe, that tends to increase. Mm-hmm. So if you have a child that's got both, a substance use disorder and one of these other disorders like uh, an eating disorder or self-injury, it's important that you get both treated. Okay. Thank you. And um, thank you for training me in the right verbiage as well, substance use disorder. Anything else? No, I would say that for for people who are interested in in learning more about this or having this as a resource, you can visit the book's website, which is www.helptheaddictedchild.com. That's www.helptheaddictedchild.com. You can read a a sample chapter from the book. You can read endorsements. You can read book reviews. um, And you can order the book uh, um, from the website. It'll take you right to Amazon. Thank you. Um, thank you, Richard Capriola, for sharing your knowledge with us. And we'll, I'll check your book out again and I'll read it thoroughly because this is really helpful information. Thank you. <laughs> well, and recommend it to any of your uh, solo parents that uh, that you think might help. Uh, because even if they're not dealing with this issue right now, they may know somebody, another parent perhaps, that might be struggling and you can, and you can offer that as a resource to them. Absolutely. But for the grace of God, there go I, right? <laughs> Thank you. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yes, it is. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Sure. The struggles that come with raising children solo can be overwhelming at times, but that's a good time to seek out help. If you suspect your child is abusing a substance, talk to them. If you need help to navigate your child's addiction, talk to someone. Remember, you don't have to parent in silence. Hello, solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry, and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. 
You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jenatjrosemarie.com or by calling plus one nine one seven nine nine four one three two nine or schedule a consultation with the link below i am here for you and i want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer don't parent in silence so take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.